Read Roger Ebert's review of Prince of Darkness. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I was just laughing before we even came on this. Like, it's almost an act of defiance that we do this. Like, no one cares so hard. It's so fucking ignored that to keep doing it literally is like yeah, pissing in the wind you. type shit. Fuck yes. you, don't listen, fuck you. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to oh, keep yeah. doing them anyway. You want one you won't listen to? Check this out, motherfuckers. Hey, here's another 50. Prince of Darkness. Ain't nobody going to watch this shit. <laughs> That's right, bitches. We made an unwatchable movie. Now we have an unlistenable <laughs> podcast. That's what we do. <laughs> what was that? Uh, was it Faith No More or Mr. Bungle who cares a lot? Not our fans, mm-hmm. or not anyone who sees anything we do. Fuck. Welcome back to another episode of fucking Hope Hard that inspired you to continue X. listening. Yeah. <laughs> right. Hi, Mom. Wait, I think she checked out like six episodes yeah. ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've checked out. Fuck. We have like two people who listen. So, hello. I know. Thank couple. you, I guess. That dude, Alex, he was a fan, so he hit us up right. about doing a, but he's probably not now that he's been on it. <laughs> now that he's been on, he's, uh, he's seen how the sausage is made, <laughs> seen behind the curtain. So our picks this week are, I picked Prince of Darkness and Jay picked Moonwalkers. Which one do you want to start with? <laughs> Maybe we should do that thing where Cisco and Ebert introduce each other at the beginning. That was always kind of yeah. interesting. Across from me is... Chris Thornton. <laughs> so no, gross. that's not. <laughs> right. Yes, it's not. Um, yeah, man, they're both fucking whack. This is a this is an episode almost no one might watch because it's not like right. either of these movies are intriguing or in demand to people and shit. Yeah, we're not helping matters with our picks sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you pick fucking Justice League and whatever else is maybe next week we'll have- right now honor killing in mank we'll see um <laughs> which i would check out just because it's absurd but whatever the funny thing so. is it's not like the two have anything to do with each other as far as even how we present them it's not like we juxtapose the two films we just talk about them uh-huh. so the pairings are just fucking arbitrary anyway but yeah I mean, we right. might choose it's a them. double feature thing. Yeah, right? exactly. It's a double feature. And because there's two of us, the two-headed monster aspect, so we might as well each pick something. And it's I, I kind of love the fact that they don't. That's the whole have point. Shit to do with each the other. The best yeah. thing about it is just how fucked up a double feature can we make? You know. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of fun darkness. to try and find something that does connect them, yeah, like um, a ways back when we did like American Factory and. Uh, and the lighthouse and we're like what would connect those but then yeah. arrived at work you know just the idea that's a good thing work let's, labor let's you know kick tires on that in this episode yeah again, and then prince of just, darkness and moonwalkers what do they have that, that academic exercise yeah. and what kind of bullshit exactly. college paper could i pull out of this mashup right. you know what i mean yeah, that's kind of fun i mean that almost could be the first thing you do because you might not get to it with the buzzer and like right. as well, or that could be part of the overtime shit, one. that's true anyway whatever we get to what we yeah, get to we don't you know but uh, all right so uh let's see i watched prince of darkness last night i watched moonwalkers like a week ago so prince of darkness is fresher in my mind let's jump on that all right yeah it's not a whole lot to say about it since you all. picked it i'll summarize it prince of darkness is a john carpenter film it's uh the second leg of his trilogy i guess his unofficial trilogy the apocalypse trilogy quote unquote <laughs> The Apocalypse Trilogy is the thing. Which I don't even know if he's coined. I don't know if right. that's just fans doing that or what. I haven't right. researched it. I meant to, but. He probably is like, what? Okay. Right. Because they're it's not even one really of like part of a real series or they're not connected in any way. The only connection is that they are all like cosmic horror type shit. And made by John you know? Carpenter. Yes. It's almost what we were just talking about doing. This bullshit academic pull it out of your ass right. thesis or something. You know? I'll summarize it. Basically, some 
Satan comes in a bunch of people's mouths, mouths. <laughs> basically, <laughs> which makes it sound better than it is. <laughs> right. No shit. I'll watch that. Yeah. I mean, I have watched that. I've, I've typed that in search <laughs> engines and shit, but <laughs> it's a whole subgenre of porn. Anyway, it's basically um, about this um, ancient, deadly. Some priest dies in the beginning of it, and he has some box that I guess has a I don't know whatever. In the bottom of this church, there's this vessel, this fucking interdimensional tube full of swirling green liquid that apparently is like Satan juice, and. Uh, Donald Pleasance plays this priest who calls in this professor he knows of subatomic, you know, physics theory and shit to kind of research it and try and find out exactly what it is, or I guess to validate it. Like he wants him to to couch this religious shit in scientific terms so they can turn the populace onto it because people now don't believe and shit. So they need the science to deliver the religious apocalyptic message i guess or whatever i think and it's then, a little of both yeah like he wanted to understand what it was too i don't think he had quite right even yeah but go ahead but uh so he the professor gets this team of grad students and they go down in there and then one by one they the thing starts pissing in their mouths and they start turning into zombies and killing each other and shit sound about right yeah until uh, that sums it up satan comes back at the end and shit and there's almost his yeah, hand comes of. back <laughs> exactly uh satan's hand the good band name there you go uh so you picked yeah it? well i picked it because um it's your desert ever island since, movie <laughs> ever since i heard of this apocalypse trilogy thing i had seen the thing a couple times but i hadn't seen either of the other two movies so I, Timbers. this was really because I want to get to the third one, which is in the mouth of madness, which is, um, seemed like the trailer looks trippy. The trailer for this look was pretty trippy too. I'd, I'd say the trailer was better than the like movie. We're kids in Georgia and someone had was talking about the mouth of madness. You got to see this fucking movie and shit. Oh, really? I don't remember it being brought up as a kid. I feel like it was, and it was somewhere in that era. And I remember like man i gotta check that out and just never getting to it this is like 25 years of not getting to it so yeah i'm curious to check that mm -hmm. out as well but prince of darkness i was aware of as a kid and i was never that interested i just just Same. even seeing what i saw of it i was just like yeah, i don't know it just doesn't seem like it's quite my cup of tea and I, it was i was proven right like it's exactly what i thought it would be you know the thing is far superior in my opinion ebert's review of this i was pretty much joking before can we just make roger can i just read his review as our fucking review yes. of it because uh i pretty much agree with him that it had an interesting Same, beginning. i read it too after yep. interesting way in to use mm -hmm. science with this religious shit which is something i was Agreed. thinking we could That's talk about thing i liked about it yeah yeah the uh the four horsemen of you know new atheism and shit mm -hmm. versus these these religious um professors i guess bio biology professors and shit who are religious you know how do you reconcile science and religion right. mm -hmm. always an interesting subject mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the movie starting in those terms was super cool to me and then uh, i mean the way it was handled and shit of course is 80s carpenter or whatever i've never been a huge carpenter fan personally i'll mm -hmm. confess that now mm -hmm. but uh yeah the thing was my favorite of, of his works um, right. we of course we know people who like halloween is their favorite movie we even did that as a my favorite movie with fires but and um, i get that the slasher ship i get it too like yeah. uh escape from new york i've never seen that's like a snake plissken kurt russell yeah. I, I know all the started, but i started it um escape from new york like a year ago or something and i was digging it but i didn't finish it i just you know because I tend to watch movies that way where I'm watching it in bed and I'll pass out and watch the rest of the next day or whatever. I just never return to it, hmm. but I was right. digging it. Actually, yeah. it was cool. I actually kind of liked it. Um, I feel like having been watching his movies, I appreciate him more, but there is something half-assed about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like he had Agreed. this great setup and it just, 
as uh-huh. Ebert said, by the end of it, it's just standard people running around trying to kill each other with two well, by fours and shit. Like with Escape from New York, I think when I d- tuned out, I probably did know what was coming, and it was just going to be him running around in this like you know dystopic New York. Mm-hmm. But the the setup is the fun part, you know. And That's I got almost past every that. movie though. That is true. Like we, joke I was going to say, like think of a Terminator with yes. Cameron, or you know, like that. The inventiveness propagates through it you know what mm-hmm, i mean and mm-hmm. the scene work and everything you know and i think mm-hmm. the carpenters doesn't quite do that it doesn't Agreed. like have this like it doesn't well, keep the dialogue it. isn't any good and shit yeah know? it tries but yeah um it's amazing so, that that's enough you know once you make a name yes you can just keep pumping shit out and people keep coming like no offense mm-hmm. to the dude again he's even his name is kind of uh, fortunate for him, for his, mm-hmm. his luck, you know, carpenter. It sounds as if someone who does carefully construct something or whatever, you know, it's <laughs> true. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I know I was pretty underwhelmed by this. Uh, I feel like it was kind of a missed opportunity with, with the setup, like the, the idea of integrating some of the Schrodinger's cat, you know, kind of like weirdness of physics. Right intermarried with the religious lore and stuff that like they had a point where they were reading old like 2000 year old texts and translating them from latin and the girl had trouble with numbers but once they started figuring out what the numbers represented they were differential equations and shit which weren't invented yet you know and and uh you know like our our, our historical records you know so it's like that kind of stuff's kind of fun to play with. You know, I love like the um, cosmic horror stuff. That, I wish you had kept it up. It just devolves yes. into running around from stupid right, zombies. Exactly. And, you know, and like, uh, like Ebert said, he hit it the nail on the head, so to speak, when he was talking about by the end, they're whopping zombies with two by fours right. and shit, you exactly. know, like, which is cool too in its own genre or whatever. But, but I don't know. When I just you spoke. set it up with such an interesting way into it and then it exactly. devolves into that, it's kind of like, I don't know. Maybe if they had used, I mean, I don't know how cinematic this is, but if they somehow had used science and mathematics to defeat the shit or something, versus right. break the mirror, you know, yeah, it, or it wasn't even about defeating it. Even does it right, even need right. to be that they defeat it somehow or whatever? Or is it could it just be this story about how fucking like uh, Lovecraft stuff was often? Yeah, it'd be great if this was how crazy the end shit. of the game yeah. that these guys failed to contain Satan it. arrives on Earth and it's the fucking end, you know? Yeah, right. they couldn't contain it. I know I was wondering if that's where it would take it. Um, but no, they had to win in the end, sort of. The co- cosmic horror as a concept, I actually really love, but it's very hard to nail, it's especially in film and stuff where you actually have to do the effects and all that stuff where it's mm-hmm. not relying on the imagination of the reader. And like, again, with Lovecraft and shit, a lot of it was just about madness and stuff, you know, which was in your head you know as you read and stuff like this space madness because <laughs> um, you can't like, there's like yeah event horizon stuff sunshine like that. um solaris you could argue sort of mm-hmm. is um moon alien but that's not a monster movie essentially yes. but yeah it's definitely horror you know mm-hmm. it's it's horror on a spaceship but i don't know how cosmic it is you know what i mean that's the thing right that, right it doesn't dig too deep as far as philosophy or anything goes. It's basically just mm-hmm. any old monster movie superimposed into a spaceship verse. But yeah, this idea that there's shit just out there in deep space between the stars and shit that just are fucking nightmarish. And so that's kind of a cool, just it's almost like fashion or something. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like, it's just like a, a kind of a got a cool factor to it, but it's not that meaningful or anything. It's probably not. Re- what was that Alex Garland movie? Annihilation. Did you watch that? yes yeah so that's again kind of that reality it's, bending madness mm-hmm. shit that uh there's something um, out there that can affect you and your brain and perception and yep you color are, out of space have you seen that no nah, not yet. cage did you watch I it? Saw it maybe a year ago or so yeah crazy um again kind of misses the mark to me but a lot of people love this stuff you know event horizon color out of space etc mm-hmm. for me because i I keep hoping for something that I haven't seen really manifested that well yet. You know what I mean? So I'm always just a little disappointed that it didn't quite. It always devolves. But again, I was about to say almost everything does. Like every comedy ends in an action Mm -hmm. scene. Pineapple Express type shit. Yeah. Beverly Hills Cop. Fucking, you know, all those kind of. Almost every comedy that has no business even. It's some chase to the, at the end or something. You got, you know. 
I was just reading an article about the Sopranos and it was talking about storylines that were just abandoned. And I was just like, every one of them, I was like, good. Cause really it was the setup that was fun. Mm-hmm. And then just not like a famous example was the Pine Barrens episode where they thought they killed this Russian dude and then he escapes and then they're, he, they're like lost in the woods and they can't find him. And he just, it never picks it up again. I was yeah. like, that's, that's beautiful that it didn't he just disappeared and that's the that they you don't get a home, resolution you know like, let's move know. on to the next setup right. of something else that's fun you know like yeah setups is um, where it's at and that is one reason is. i think tv is so interesting to people because it's always right. set up set up set up set up and exactly. you don't have to have the succinct re- resolution that's what's so mm-hmm. hard about movies i mean i'll admit it i don't know exactly how carpenter should have ended this well i do think we just hit on something that would have been dope if it just ended that satan's here now motherfuckers you know right Mm -hmm. Um, this was the story of when it happened you know what i mean when the fucking apocalypse happened you know um and again i think the scene work the inventiveness throughout of the scene work and stuff like early game of thrones was like that for me too you know to keep going back to tv but like where the actual scenes and the wire stuff like that it's like just it's a joy just as it plays out like the way it plays out coen brothers movies are like this you know um and this just yeah it just kind of whatever you're just kind of whatevering through it shrugging through very uninspired really beyond the premise of it you know Mm -hmm. and the setup which felt like just a paycheck movie like it's time to make another movie what am i gonna do i don't know i got this idea i was thinking something about maybe it's like he pitched it yeah, and they bought it on the pitch, but then couldn't quite it, deliver it, it, on the premise. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll do that as a writer where I'll think of a great premise, but then like, you know, Kill Switch, we've struggled with on things like that, you right. know, where we're like, the, the setup is amazing. It could be, but the, it's like actually executing it is like, it's a much more of a challenge to it's like tough. really to, to you know, you, you realize the vision is amazing, but to carry it through for, you know, the whole story, you have to... Especially start making decisions you didn't even think that you'd have to make when you first conceived of it you know if you can't think of some banger of an ending you know exactly yeah the resolution aspect yeah because these kind of movies Um, all have such cookie cutter contain the monster kill the monster right you know Mm -hmm. there were some cool little moments in it uh, (laughs) that is true act two shit but yeah um and like the way in and stuff like that, like what you <laughs> use, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but a few things in Prince of Darkness were kind of cool, like um, just the creep factor of like uh, Alice Cooper, the homeless, you know, in this homeless legion and shit. In the last overtime, when you sprung this on me and I watched the trailer, yes. the trailer is amazing. It's just an yes. artifact of its own from the 80s uh-huh. and shit. But uh, I was like, who's this Alice Cooper looking motherfucker? It and, was him. Oh, shit, it's Alice Cooper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, Alice Cooper is the and, Prince of Darkness. And um, like the bug stuff and shit like that. Yes. You know, I kind of dig that. We've stuff. always it's loved that. And, the yeah. type shit. You know? mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, that one dude who crumbled into bugs. That was cool. Like, yes, that was that a cool was moment. Practical effects again. It would look like mm-hmm. shit if it was CGI. But that was horrifying, you know, them looking out the window and seeing this dude just fucking yes. like crumbles a great way to put it just piece by piece. He was just falling apart as he's he was speaking to them, too, as, you know, yes. like in his weird voice and shit. And so some of that stuff's cool. It's just like, yeah, the story itself wasn't good. It's just the running and the fighting type shit. It's just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weak. It needed way more suspense. Mm-hmm. I think it should have just been like the Very lights true. go out and it's dark in this church mm-hmm. and they, they're using torches and shit and they can't see anything like to go from using all this technology to none that would have been a cool mm-hmm. juxtaposition you mm-hmm. know they're relegated back to the dark ages essentially yep. locked in but again place. the thing I think was amazing I love the thing mm-hmm. um a lot of it was like you didn't know who to trust that kind of stuff it had the paranoia it had the suspense exactly. you know exactly. but this this totally failed on that front I think yeah, it was just Not too so- in your face and overt like oh she's possessed now so now she's this mindless killing machine or whatever mm-hmm. um so like i said to me this was more a pick just to bridge us to in the mouth of madness which is if not my next pick going to be a very soon uh upcoming pick mm-hmm. um because again i love the thing this i didn't love so much i'm really curious about the in the mouth of madness but i expected not to love this one i was going to i would have been pleasantly surprised and usually it's the opposite like if i go in not expecting to like something 
I often walk away thinking it's better than I expected Same. and vice versa. Well, that's kind of how I was with Moonwalkers, and maybe I hyped it to you. I don't know. Mm. We'll see. Interesting. But, uh, um, we have to transition to that quite yet. No, I'm so. kind of done with Prince of Darkness. I don't know if there's a lot more to say, really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, I was saying we could have a conversation about these uh, intellectuals, these biologists and shit oh, yeah, yeah, religious. Yeah. like how do you reconcile that it's absurd yeah i don't i remember i, I was hanging out time. <clears throat> sorry just real quick i was hanging out with some people and uh one of their college kids was in the group and i was just sitting next to him and he was a biologist like a evolutionary biologist or whatever and i i asked him i was like so um I forget exactly what I asked, like how I phrased it, but it was having to do with like creationism versus, you know, evolution. And he's like, wasn't that settled a long time ago? <laughs> he was like an evolutionary student, you know, bio biology right. student. So um, in his mind, he was just like, it was refreshing to hear, you know, <laughs> like, you know, cause I, I think like his parents might've been religious and stuff, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like within one generation, he's like, it's so like not even worth discussing. Cause this has just been settled. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, well, look at just, this. I mean, you can't argue it has completely been settled. Nothing can be completely with that. Even you can't trust your own fucking senses, you know, in the end. Right. But, but, uh, when, even when you, I mean, this speaks to both of these movies actually speak to what's going on right now with the vaccines and conspiracy theories and shit where, like I was just watching a clip with Fauci, who I don't know if you can trust what he says nowadays because he said things for political reasons, which I understand. Mm -hmm. Again, we've touched on this before where everyone's using up all the masks. We need masks for yep. frontline workers. So yep. I'm going to say masks so don't do any good. Wear so, yeah, yeah, exactly. But that once you know that well, game's being played, you're kind of like, eh, is he saying this for political reasons? or Actually, though, I'd have to look back, but did he not frame it that way? That he's saying we need it for the healthcare workers, or did he just say it's not going to protect you? No, there was like a one or two week period where they were like, masks don't make much of a difference. There's some shit. I have to look back exactly. See, how that's it was what said, I'm wondering. But, uh, yeah, but that's the the key difference to me, though. Like you could deliver the same message, but say, I mean, maybe it's just. Here's the thing: stay in your fucking house because right. we need the masks for these people. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. And again, right. well, maybe that was a decision that he didn't make himself, but it was in some closed room where they're like, this is the strategy. Do we all agree on this? It, actually, oh, no, it, it may have been of, the, <clears throat> sorry. Yeah. Six out of it may have been the right. Go ahead. It may have been the right decision because knowing human nature, agree. <clears throat> if he had said, we need it for the people on the front lines, even though they're effective, don't wear them because we, we have a limited supply. People would go grab them up for mm -hmm. themselves because they exactly. would care more about protecting themselves. I don't that. disagree with that. I'm just saying that makes you it's yes. a boy who cried wolf with anything yeah, else yeah. he says after that you're like is he saying this to game us because he went right or not right you know ethical right or not. right 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 truth but the peer-reviewed studies i mean whether they were fast-tracked or not forty thousand people in a study 99 percent of them or 98 percent, whatever it is have better outcomes i don't know exactly how the studies were done that's always a problem too when, when you say have better outcomes, you mean like in terms of in terms of hospitalizations reality? with COVID and shit. Oh, oh specifically the yeah. efficacy of the vaccine itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I would like to see more on exactly how those studies were done and everything. But if we are to trust science, like you said, the data is in. So what's all the fear with the vaccine if the data is in? It's because people don't trust science. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but what I'm concerned of the thing I don't have a I have a hard time reconciling is scientists who believe in the Bible yes, and go to yes, church. Yes, shit. Yes. That shit right. doesn't make sense right. to me. Yeah. The scientific method is all about, <clears throat> you know, looking at reality, basing your judgments on what you can observe, what you have empirical evidence for, which can be repeatedly yeah. proven, which exactly. is peer reviewed, all these things. Yeah. And then of course, religion and stuff is none of those things. It's, it's the exact opposite. The definition yeah. of faith is to believe in something without evidence that's the puts a premium definition. on <laughs> right. believing in something without evidence and yeah not only is it a necessity to believe this stuff but it's even considered like a virtue to have, be exactly. faithful it's like exactly. why is that a virtual to believe in something without evidence I, that's really weird to consider a virtue to me <laughs> it's a problem it's a problem 
and I'll say people it, it, seem it, to have very speak, enriching lives when they live with that kind of shit and accomplish yeah, it speaks things to you know. how the it if it, it like the idea that the, your personal narrative and worldview is more important than the reality than than actually caring about what the real truth is, you know. Yeah, because it works for you exactly. But man, I just wonder where the world would be if, like, when Darwin came out, it hit everyone like a thunderbolt, and they just rejected their religions and shit. You know, like. But again, it's just, it's right. that's the the viral virus nature of religions mm-hmm. is that they, quote unquote, infect minds without being too offensive and shit to yeah people i know and love who are fucking religious but uh i mean people need to acknowledge that like you're you're a individual free-thinking individual you need to base your reality on things that are i mean you could do what you want but i'm just saying are you just like a lemming or are you actually a thinking person a critical thinker you know what i mean are you just going to but that's acquiesce to what you've been told because that's another funny thing those too. are the exact same points exactly the I know what yes so crazy exactly exactly so question everything including what your parents told you and what your pastor told you and all this shit too and what these old books told you and stuff you know wouldn't you question that with the same amount of veracity that you would question the media or the government or anyone else why is why are they exempt right and look at history. Look at, you know, what the, the Inquisition and all this shit. They believe witches were real and they burned them at stakes and all this shit. Like, clearly, anyone could be misguided. Yeah, don't trust any authority figure, if anything. But at least, again, with the scientific method, that's the beauty of the scientific method. There's no that's authority figure necessary. Method. Look at the data. Right. It, it, it actually is has built-in mechanisms to try and... Uh, the is the people, those those, we, those failings and i myself if i try and read actual studies sometimes that yes. shit does get in the weeds that's why so you're like was this a good study or not we need almost like fact checking on studies there needs to be like a site you can go to that says this study was good or not mm-hmm. you know what i mean this is sound <clears throat> that's what peer review is supposed to be but it has its failings too of course right. as has been proven you know that people have put up <laughs> fake studies and, and yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Um, but sometimes those studies are so like let's say cosmological physics that's very well vetted you know what i mean like people pick the fuck out of each other's studies in that field yeah, but it's if it's some social study, sciences that are yeah public. that's a little more vague i mean you know that's all fluid and organic and kind of difficult to put a pin on but when it comes down to like um eric weinstein you were talking about the fucking uh the four horsemen of the dark mm-hmm. intellectual dark web and shit he has been in the news recently because he has what he considers a unified you know theory for physics that has to do with um like it's geomet- geometrical something unity or something like that um but it's been picked apart by other scholars mm-hmm. and stuff in the field you know for like making assumptions about certain things and things like that and like graham hancock's another example where he like is like bitter about how academia like doesn't want to listen to the things that he has to say mm-hmm. i agree with that i think um they are probably they like it's like the, they have a similar problem they pick a narrative right. um that they prefer and it's but i think that's that's part of what that that's built into it for a reason it like so because then anyone could just come up with any any wacky theories you need to have go through this process of peer review absolutely Um, that's that's essential that's a bedrock of scientific method really is the peer review it's not even or you know your hypothesis and then you conduct an experiment come up with a sound experiment to conduct and then Mm -hmm. observe it or whatever it's really in the peer review that matters the repeatability you know right and there are certain and everything has its like degrees because like the graham hancock thing like you know some of that has to do with like the erosion around the sphinx of water and stuff and that is probably more of a concrete thing you could point at Mm -hmm. but then like i've seen him give speeches where he was presuming that uh, the pyramids or things like that were built using like uh, magnetic, like levitation right. and shit like that. Right. You know what I mean? Stop and it's it. like, you know, there's no good evidence for that. You know what I mean? Um, just because you can't find a good explanation for something doesn't mean that you can just like throw any random one at it. You know what I mean? Right. Like you, the, the evidence is what's important there, you know, otherwise you just have to admit you don't know. Well, yeah. Like the stoned ape theory of uh, McKenna or whatever is so attractive, but yes, you just never be able to prove it. You don't have the evidence. The evidence right. has been destroyed right. through time That's the thing. and nature. That is the, 
Yes, that's the distinction between like you were talking about the social sciences and stuff, those studies, that's one degree of ambiguity. Then the stuff like archaeological, anthropological records and things like that or history that is slightly easier to prove because you at least have some like historical records and things like that. But those not all of those are suspect, you know, and then there's like, again, cosmological physics and stuff like that, where it's you can actually do like tests and mathematical, right. you know, um, you well, know, like now they think they found this other particle that, uh, another type yes. of, what is it? A muon? I think there's muons, but, uh, I mean, what do you even call that? Another subatomic particle, I yeah. guess you would say another yeah. form of matter, essentially. I don't know. I still don't know. I'm not up to speed on that latest one. Sometimes there'll be these studies where they'll say it upsets the whole world of physics, but it's so it's not it hasn't that. been repeated and shit yet either. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it just might be like, oh, we found some fifth, fourth of nature, but it doesn't really fundamentally change anything about like what we, how we, the origins of the universe mm -hmm. or any of the shit. You know what, what I mean? we know of gravity, what we know of certain you know, laws, yeah, of physics. Um, yeah, I've seen some stuff recently too where they were discussing the idea that physics even could change like um that the laws of nature themselves are are um darwinian that the laws change over time and if that's true there's no way you're really going to get back to the real like origins of anything i mean if the parameters are changing if the very nature yes. of nature itself is changing then mm -hmm. the rules would change yeah yeah interesting anyway <laughs> and there's got to be some fundamental parameters upon which existence can rely upon right but that doesn't mean it can't be ever changing and fluid within that structure based mm -hmm. on interactions and yes this has been our prince of darkness review thank you <laughs> and it actually does lead really well into moonwalkers there is definitely a, some common ground and with the respect of believing something without evidence you know that yes. sort of discussion the conspiracy of it all as well and and all of the, none of this is to say that these things can't be true it just means that you can't be convinced either that they are true because you don't have the evidence to support it that's the point it's like the thing with science is someone honestly following science will admit they don't know something right you know what i mean that's a all key the time. difference yes that's it's the almost, point almost yeah yeah it's a foundation of it. it's like since right. i don't know i'm going to try and find out yeah and, and I'm not going to just rely on someone there. telling me some shit that makes me feel good. Right. And we have theories and we have hints and we can experiment to prove those theories or find their, like, you know, famously relativity. You know, it was just a theory for a while, quote unquote, just a theory, even though theory has a different, different definition of physics. It has more to do with saying it's a certain structural, like, you know, uh, uh, reconstruction or something versus it being a theory is in like we don't know if it's true or not theory right but well, that's a theory um, you know but uh but, but over time we've found evidence for it. you see it through like uh gravitational lensing you know with uh, other you know in, uh, observing other objects in space or even our own gps would fail what was the i just had heard this recently within a day gps would be off by like seven miles if we didn't account for relativity crazy the, the dilation of time between the satellites mm -hmm. in space and us on earth in fact time only exists or uh gravity only exists because of time dilation our heads move through time at a different rate than our feet and that's what sucks us down <laughs> that's the gra gravity's caused by time dilation i love it it's insane but it's proven see that's where i was going though back when he developed his papers and shit you know it wasn't proven yet it was all theory but then over time we found out even our gps that we use every day would not function if you didn't account for it you know how stonerific were some of those cats isaac newton and shit just i mean <laughs> totally next level especially for back in those days when it was all religious church shit mm. The church was the government. I know. Like the idea that there was a time and there still is in, in parts of the world where if you even just questioned the religious doctrine, you'd be killed. Well, shit, we stayed in Rome in uh, the Campo de Fury or whatever fucking where. What's his name? God damn it. Uh, Giovanni. Starts with Bru uh, Bruno. Br oh, Bruno. Bruno, right? Yeah. Or Gatelli. I don't know. Bruno Gatelli. Is that it? <laughs> I know, man. Fucking. I know. I feel bad now. I got to go back so and rewatch episode one of Cosmos. I think the new Cosmos got in all this yes. shit. Um, but just the fact that you're burned at the stake publicly for this shit. Like, 
you're burned at the stake for discovering truths and trying to disseminate them or even just alternative viewpoint. God damn. But one that's steeped in at least again, science and being able to observe and repeat an experiment and shit. Yeah. Geobody Bruto. I think it is. Yeah, Bruno. Cool. No, Giordano, 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 Bruno. Yes, Bruno is right. Yeah, yeah. Campo de Fury, uh, though, right? Yes, yes. But yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, uh, Gal- Galileo was famously yeah. forced to recant everything under threat of death. So, uh, Moonwalkers? Rome. Moonwalkers, do you want to summarize it? Um, well, simply put, it has to do with the rumored faked moon landings, the idea that filmmakers were enlisted to create a fictional moon landing in the event that NASA couldn't complete the actual landing, um, the, which a lot of people believe they didn't and that it is faked. Yeah, and we were talking about Rogan, Joe Rogan earlier, I think, before we actually went live or whatever on this. But um, I know he famously for quite a while was um, a believer in the faked moon landings, but he came around and now he doesn't right. think they were faked, um, which was cool to see. I'll give him props for that, for actually, totally. you know, like checking himself. Well, he but, did that show, Joe Rogan Questions Everything, because he believes yes, in shit like Bigfoot yes, and everything. Bigfoot he came stuff, out of the show yeah. like, never mind. Shit's all yeah, down. it's a bunch of wackos. <laughs> right. yeah. Um again unfuckable campers basically this isn't to say that this shit isn't it's not possible it's just to say there's no good evidence for it so why do you even why are you so convinced by any of this stuff you know and have fun with it just be like i'm into it because i like it as a theory i like to use on it or whatever but just to Mm -hmm. buy in and defend it and evangelize it and shit that's what's nuts um so the movie like (laughs) that well the, the 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 story the folklore is that stanley kubrick had something to do with filming the fake moon landing, which of course, right off of 2001 and stuff like that's obviously what people would jump to, you know, mm-hmm. which almost makes it, you know, which is a joke. The joke in this though, like they go to yes, make it. The like, he just made this is, movie that looks like real space. Right. Like, let's get him. <laughs> but I mean, even in the public consciousness, I right. think that's partly why he was the one that was chosen in yes. this like folklore, you know, to be the guy, you know, um, Whereas in reality, it probably would have been a bunch of NASA people who, you know, they wouldn't need Kubrick. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? They got Kubrick involved? Come on. Um, So in in in, in Moonwalkers, they try and enlist Kubrick, but there's this whole, it's a sort of caperish aspect to it where this uh, band promoter character, I forget his name, but he... um, Johnny something, but Rupert he Grint did, played him. That threw, yes, from, yeah, he was great in it too. He was great, great um, face, man. Well, oh, he shit. was like cousins with this the guy who actually repped Kubrick, and so uh, Ron Perlman, who is like the guy who's dispatched by the the military CIA. and the CIA to go uh, create this fictional moon landing. Um, <laughs> so which again, like, it, I mean, you know, it's all this is all fiction, of course. Right, know? the whole movie's like a lark. I mean, yes, for sure. exactly. Like in reality, they probably would have just like the military and the CIA would have created their own little unit and done it right. You know, like in you know when you like in our own fucking hangar or some shit, right? And not send this one kind of like ptsd scar dude to go <laughs> pull it off and shit and not even barely be part of the process it's shit. very much a man who killed hitler and then the yeah i got the vibe, vibe too i was going to reference that yeah sorry to speak over you but uh yeah the man who killed hitler and then the bigfoot yes um even it's like quality like it's tone and the way it was shot and all that stuff mm-hmm. echoed it a lot it gave me the same vibes yeah so ron perlman's dispatched to go talk to kubrick's agent and uh, the Rupert Grint dude is like the cousin of the agent. He was just happened to be in his office, like asking for money or to try and get like access to get the the band that he represents, you know, some attention uh, or to get signed or whatever. And Ron, it's a mistaken identity thing where Ron Perlman thinks he's the agent. So then he says, I want to talk to Kubrick. Let's meet here. And then he brings, so Rupert Grint brings this, uh, was he part of the band? Was he a no, band just his roommate? Is just his roommate, roommate, roommate right? who looks um, yeah, he's like just out of it, dude. Kind of looked a little Kubrickish, right? So he brought him along, yeah, exactly, right? 
Um, and so they like to just try and get the money from Ron Perlman. They pretend they're, you know, Kubrick and the rep. And so that leads to them, you know, eventually Perlman discovers the fucking ruse and uh, comes collecting. And then, but it's all, the money's already been stolen by these gangsters and shit that the Rupert Grint dude owed money to. And so then they end up finding this other fucking bohemian kind of like artiste director to shoot it and but at the same time he's trying to say which i love this part of it this aspect that he was uh rupert grant was trying to also make it look as if he's shooting a, a video for the band that he's trying to please rock opera. Um, like a rock opera video right <laughs> which is brilliant i feel like that wasn't quite exploited enough actually, that aspect i Me feel too. like that could have really been taken further but um and then, you know, it culminates with them, the, the CIA showing up, the gangsters showing up all at the same, you know, the, for the big, you know, explosive. Kind of what we talked game. about before. They always have to end with action shit. Exactly. You know? um, and then they shoot the movie, but it's a disaster. And then at the very end, they see it on TV and they're like, oh, is that us? No, they actually pulled it off in the end after all. So, But then there's was, a slight... Or did, did he? Yeah, they were us? like, right. Is that? Yeah, or tell. did they? Or did they, did they, they shoot some other one? Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. It was hilarious. Um, I mean, there's some funny event. shit in it. Dude. Yes. It's yes. tonally, if you're not in the mood for that kind of movie, it might be annoying, I could see. But if you're in the mood for just a romp, it's pretty fucking entertaining, I think. I would recommend it to people. I think it was pretty fun. I can see it having a cult following eventually, but not enough people know about it really. But uh, man, it got some shitty reviews too, though. Like, but man, some of the reviews I see, like some lady on RogerEbert.com. I mean, other people shouldn't even be allowed. RogerEbert.com should have died with Roger Ebert. Fuck all these mm-hmm. people. Let it just be an archive of his. You might have dug this shit, but you got this bitch on there saying, "I know you see for him. What the fuck?" Like taking exception to how women are fucking portrayed in it and shit. Like, shut up. Oh, because there's like a new. Does anyone ever complain that there wasn't playing. enough dudes in the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants and right. shit? Like, shut up! Does every movie need things. to do that to service yeah. that? I know. Ugh. That kind of criticism is garbage. Mm-hmm. It is. But I mean, Perlman story, was great in it. Everyone. I used to not like Perlman, yes. but I loved him in this shit. Yeah. He just, oh, he was great for this. Yes. <laughs> just an ogre, dude. Mm-hmm. I loved. Like when that. He's or when they get to the Bohemian place and just it, he ends up smoking weed laced with opium and fucking getting dosed with acid and all that shit to me was just great. Like when that blue dude with the bug eyes came out and he just slugged him and shit, like that yes. kind of comedy of just mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just a destroyer. That's his yes. answer to shit is destroy everything. The way he dealt with those gangsters, like the, there was the uh the boss, yeah. you know, of the, the fucking gangsters and he had all of his toothpick sculptures and he's like, you know, the fucking Coliseum or whatever it was, you're the Notre Dame. Or no, it was all British shit. So it was like the tower, the tower and all this shit. Fucking, yeah. He's like, took this long and all and then fucking Proma just fucking swipes it all the way. Just like Fuck this you. mob like overlord that. that everyone's scared <laughs> yeah. of. He just shit. Uh, like, and then, fuck. like, the other character that's with the other Rupert Grint dude is just trying to run off with the, uh, I guess it was the briefcase, right? And he's like walking through the fucking toothpick shit. He's like, oh, sorry, kind of shit. Yes, yes, like, There's a lot of good comedy. In Those it. details. Um, yeah, it's a comedy. Yes. It's funny as shit to me. And, and, like, when in that same scene when uh, the dude approached Perlman and he just fucking blew half his head off and shit. Yes. The way they did the violence was great. Just like, just so immediate and just, just like, heads were gone and shit. Yes. <laughs> well, in the fights he would get in, like in the bathroom, he goes in there's these wannabe like biker type punk fucking Brit dudes, you know, probably curb stomp people and shit, but he just does not give a fuck. Mm-hmm. And when he beats the hell out of all of them but he, he had that thing in him too where he would just go too far he just keep beating someone yes so their head was mush and shit mm-hmm. and then he's covered in blood and then he looks over that vietnam yes ptsd and, yeah. he'd see dead Viet Cong and shit by the way mm-hmm. dead kids and shit like just following him around hotels <laughs> um which somehow was kind of funny when they did it, it was eerie and creepy uh, they, funny the way too. they treated it right um and just when they would show up the timing of it and shit was pretty good but then he ends up covered in blood. So to this one hippie bystander in the bathroom who's wearing this fucking Austin Powers looking shirt and shit. So then of course Ron Perlman comes out wearing this hippie shirt through half the movie and shit. Yes. I just love that kind of stuff. There's kind of a Wonder Boys almost vibe to it where they're just mm-hmm. going through these little scenes of 
mishaps and shit. This you know? odyssey sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, <laughs> how much there's to say about it, but uh, mm-hmm. it's almost something that just has to be experienced because it's a good time, man. It's just an hour and a half yeah. of trippy fun, man. Rupert Grint was great. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if I'd like that dude. You know, he was fucking awesome. I'd put him in some shit. Totally. Yeah. Love them. Um, that hippie bohemian scene, man, I'm so on the fence about that. It looks like it could I be amazing, but it could yeah. be so annoying and shit. Yeah. Part of me wants to live it, but I know to just like be in this haze, you know, just this opium haze with fucking beautiful chicks laying around and, you know, just the, all the like a uh, soft, lush, you know, furniture. And I could get into that, but at the same time, yeah, it could also, you, you're dealing with the people you're dealing with are just yeah, the not, people and the drugs yeah. and just the unpredictability <laughs> of wackos. it. Wackos. <laughs> yeah. It'll be like the fucking spawn ranch ranch with mansion Manson right. and shit. But these people were all artists and artisans because it's cool. They look like a bunch of loser layabouts until they get mm-hmm. the mission to make this thing. And then next thing you know, they're welding and they're building. That is cool to see those scenes where people, yeah, where they rise to the occasion, you know, right. the revenge of the nerds. They got to build the fucking rebuild the house or uh, playing for keeps. <laughs> Harvey Weinstein and, uh, you know, and Bob Weinstein. Yeah, where, where people have to mobilize and it gives them some purpose for a minute. You exactly, know? exactly. Um, but yeah, the rock opera aspect, I would have liked to have seen that played up more. You know, that like him really juggling the two things. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, kind of like showing that, up uh, and should have the end of Miss Doubtfire, where he's running back yes, and forth but, in that restaurant as himself exactly, and Miss Doubtfire. Yeah, yeah, I feel like instead it was a bunch of like people shooting and stuff. Like, so mm-hmm, it did deteriorate mm-hmm. a bit into that. Do you know who that gangster boss was? No, but I was he, like, this motherfucker looks familiar. I looked him familiar. up. He's fucking Hamish's dad in Braveheart. Oh, your mom been telling you stories about me again, boy. Nice. Shit. Like, guys, hand cut yes. off. That dude's the man. Yes. He was fucking awesome. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Perlman, man. We got to do heart with Perlman. Shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in Drive 2, which we recently covered. Yeah. I never liked him as much as except this. this is what made me like him. I think you mm-hmm. know, it was just kind of I don't know. I don't know why he bugged me, but I know what you mean, though. Maybe there's a fakeness about him that worked in this because the, the character's fake yeah. and shit. Yeah, there's, there's I think no he knows it too. Be a real person. I feel like I feel like he has a bit of imposter syndrome. I'm sure when Rob Perlman wakes up, he's like, off. how the fuck am I an actor exactly. in Hollywood? <laughs> right. Look at me. Uh, <laughs> he is extremely unusual looking, man. I, mean, I don't think I've ever seen anyone cl- like, it's great. I love it. I mean, does he have Acromegaline like Easter Island or head. some shit? Yeah. What's that? <laughs> oh, did so he, he, he must have acromegaly or some shit. A mild case of it. That Andre the Giant mm-hmm. gigantism mm-hmm. pituitary shit going yeah. on. because. Obviously, that's not something you judge someone over old against no, them or anything. Looks amazing. Way, that's know? my favorite thing yeah, about them. Exactly. Um, but I see your point that, like, you know, he's in Hollywood and he's just like, you know, everyone else, it's the land of the beautiful people and shit, you know, and like, how did I? But I think it's more to it than that, too. I just yeah, don't. I mean, a... to be, I don't think he's a great actor, let's be honest. You know what I mean? Like, right. And this character this, is just an ogre. It's just, he's very to the yeah. point. There's no layers to him. I mean, when they do the drug shit, there's actually. <laughs> pretty amazing when he trips on acid some of the way that was shot was great and mm-hmm. it'd just be a cutaway of him like crying and shit in the hallway and yes. then he's on to something else and um and he has this bit in it where he's like this is the first time i've ever not felt like killing somebody and shit like <laughs> like you right now to leon the stoner stanley kubrick stand-in roommate of fucking grints i, I know i could just reach out and just snap your neck like a twig and but I don't want to. It's amazing. Like, it's like massive that is too murder motherfuckers. <laughs> so funny, dude. I love Liars Lying. Those are some of my favorite movies. We talked yes. about this for the hoax, fucking Shattered Glass. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a few others that just they keep compounding the lies and shit. It's just fun to watch, man. How's somebody gonna get out of this? Catch me if you can, you know. Mm-hmm. And this definitely had some of that in it and mistaken identity shit. It did a lot of, a lot of stuff. The guy who made this scrambling has made nothing else. It's the only movie he ever made. That's crazy. <laughs> Seems like somebody who'd make more movies, but yes. he made commercials. And then this. Huh. Interesting. When did this come out? Do you know? 
six Fuck years you. ago. Hmm. And I saw I wasn't guy. even aware of it till you told me till you picked it. <laughs> Dude, it's I know it's one that just doesn't get much credit, but I really feel like it could have a caught following if you don't. And it's real accessible. I think like most any person could enjoy Oh Mama Paul, whatever, you know, if we recommend they could kind of, you know. The comedy is it. classical comedy. It's like situational comedy. It's almost mm-hmm. three company type shit. And then physical comedy. Again, just when he punches a motherfucker out or something, the suddenness of it, kind of like Wonder Boys again, when fucking homeboy coughs up that pill and it just lands on Michael Douglas's lapel, you know? Yes. It's just... <laughs> The stop, the start, the sudden, right. the physicality. Just does about just sticks. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I remember that happening eating lunch one time. Those girls with like coughed and a piece of righteous land, and one of those other dudes fucking it did the exact same <laughs> thing. It was hilarious. We just all cracked up. <laughs> uh, and then there's don't like, bounce. Yes, exactly. Like the like filmmaker the dude in it is annoying as shit. And like I didn't, I didn't want to be near yes. that guy no, i didn't want to be watching yeah. a movie with him in totally. it he's so gross yeah. and annoying but i get it it's like, you know i get why you'd make him like that mm-hmm. in the movie yeah <sighs> how much time we got <laughs> next picks do a live we're doing live do you know, know yours you I got mine narrowed down. I do know mine. Okay, mine go for complete opposite. Are we doing the share screen trailer thing? Oh shit? yeah, maybe we. I don't know how much time we have. But I got a piss too, man. Unfortunately, but uh, we have like nine uh, minutes left. Oh shit! I don't know if I can hold out nine minutes. <laughs> Let me piss real yes. quick. It'll take like fucking two minutes. Hang on. I'll see if I have anything to say. <laughs> this is a first, folks. First time we couldn't make an hour without pissing. We probably should have done that because that's the problem. We were bullshitting for quite a while before we started the timer. Got to take them piss breaks first, especially when you're boozing, which you can almost be guaranteed we will be when we do these because otherwise they feel even more pointless. I don't mind doing some pointless shit drunk. That's a whole different thing. Um, God damn. Yeah, maybe we'll just do our picks in this one and not have an overtime. I'll start making my pick. My pick last time was, oh, that's bright, Honor Killing, which is a trauma movie. You should be aware of that, I guess, but I guess you'd only be aware of it if you're a fucking patron, which that's nobody true, is. So subscribe, bitches. Uh, where are you going? Fuck. <clears throat> that's the problem too when i am holding a piss long it takes forever to get it fucking out of my body so <laughs> i don't think you are ever yeah, ended we... one so early as this where we're just done talking about them yeah i was afraid of that with these two movies i didn't feel like well let me look i actually have notes let me see if i got some like little stupid detail notes let's see and we also i thought maybe you could talk about the q and shit you watched with the conspiracies and all that but you already touched on that a bit i guess and some other shit all right prince of darkness can only be open from the inside that container that's cool you know that's a signal that like whatever that thing is is meant for something to come out that is cool but it's weird too it's like why can't why doesn't it just open it like what's what's waiting on like right it's one of those things i remember thinking this sounds great for the trailer but then it's kind of dumb right right It, it wasn't exploited exploited well but it's a cool concept you know i'll say and even if it had to be an eclipse or some shit for it to open or something, you know, you could have done yeah, something. Which they but... did. So they did show an eclipse, like yeah, approaching, but uh, they didn't, didn't tell you that. that. I mean, it's kind of cool sometimes if you have to infer it, but right. But whatever, it's all just like that's the problem when it's all this made up shit, you know. <laughs> True. Um, and the crucified pigeon was kind of cool. True, that was cool. <laughs> and the dude found that in the alley, like, what the fuck? It's just the weird, like Blair Witch factor, you know. But that's again, we should have just kept doing all that, and it didn't devolve into right. the chase, the fight, right? You know? Right. Just stay creepy, man. Blair Witch, man. Blair Witch was creepy oh, until the very another, end. Another. Speaking of not fully exploiting stuff, but uh, Moonwalkers. When Perlman was given the assignment, he concluded, he's like, he's like, well, he was like, why pick someone like me that's just, you know, with some like killer in Vietnam and stuff? And then he realized, oh, because you want me to kill everyone. 
mm-hmm. involved Grew with the like operation. Had to kill Stanley and, Kubrick. Well, yeah, that's what it was. They said, well, the same thing they did with the pyramid builders. They just buried them all inside the pyramid, which I don't think is even true. You know, right. or, or, no, I think they were true. laying conspiracies. I, I had heard, on top of I other. had heard that about the Taj Mahal that all the uh, architects' hands were cut off. That's and maybe they were blinded or something. But I don't yeah. think that's true either. I think it's all just like you know, apocryphal stuff. But um. But that was a cool, like, I was like, because when he said that, I was like, oh, shit. So at the end, after they shoot this, mm-hmm. take moon landing, he's supposed to kill everyone. So that would be a great dilemma for him at the yes. end. He, he starts because he's kind of become enamored or endeared. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're like these lovable, you know, fucking clusterfuck dudes. And, and then he's got to kill them all. But they didn't even get to do that because it all blew up beforehand, you know. Yeah, but like I said, that's even funnier, too, that that meant he would have had to executed and assassinated stanley kubrick had it all gone to right no shit. I, don't, shit. <laughs> I know a part of me wanted to see the version where it was kubrick and shit doing it you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. but um oh the when he found the shit on the record there just the fucking pile of, yeah, like just very lebowski ass party ass, shit you know what the fucking yeah well i think it's like the gangsters had shit there maybe ah i thought it was the fucking because they were just partying too hard and someone shit on the yeah, yeah it could have been it could have been yeah. but uh um maybe think of sticks and stones you know our fucking yes you know uh debauchers, debauchers sunset strip bands tv show idea um great editing the chest flex on the percussive strike you know when the like one of the gangsters flexes check and it like it was had this jazzy kind of you know music playing and when like when his chest flex it hits one of the fucking percussive you know uh, that and everything was tight even yeah like the you the stylization of it the slow motion shit it didn't bother me like it Mm -hmm. does a lot of times because it's such a trip fest you know yeah it's right for this film you know this kind of film you know because it's saying don't take me too seriously right and that's i think a lot of the criticisms i think it has like a 42 percent with both critics and fucking audiences which is rare Damn. usually one like i, I would have thought audiences would have liked it more but i don't know man i think it's fun just a trip <laughs> looking Prince to kill darkness the trailer was way better than the movie to me. Right. Well, part of the problem with the movie was it wasn't janky enough. Like the trailer gave you this vibe that it was going to be just fucking weird, you know, like I love this even more disjointed the chicks hair and shit. All the chicks had horrible hair. This just Aquanet stiff ass hair. (laughs) Um, The dude was, do you remember Simon and Simon? That TV show, the guy with the mustache. That was, that was was him him. and Gerald McRaney were Simon and Simon. Oh shit. Yeah. Damn. He was like the good looking, the face one, and Gerald McRaney yeah. was like the Murdoch or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. or you know, just the love Gerald McRaney more dangerous. And Gerald McRaney's a pimp, the man. Put that dude in anything. Um, what was that? What did I just say about that though? The because uh, I was going to tie it into Moonwalk. Just how it was. Oh, the trailer. trailer. I was going to say uh, the promise of the trailer versus the because that's an interesting thing too because we've discussed that before where like happiness is our best example of a trailer that. It's entirely misleading or yes so i like to evaluate a movie against trailer and prince of darkness i thought the trailer was way more compelling than the final result um moonwalkers I, yeah i remember I saying about, when about we did them, i said i think the movie's better than the trailer but yeah it's because yeah. the trailer doesn't impart all the little jokes like you said the timing yeah, 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 and yeah, shit, yeah, that's yeah. what makes it good to me but when it comes to the promise of the trailer yeah yeah I'd say it's kind of like the trailer did the same thing the movie did to me, which is it started off like, oh, this is fun. Like I even said that, I think when we were watching it, this seems fun, you know, yeah, caperish, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then by the end, it started to be like, mm, kind of not and as satisfying. Is that not movies in general? It is, acts, I know. First acts are the shit. Okay, that's our movie review for everything moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I thought it would be interesting to do a movie review show reviewing director commentary tracks instead of the movies. Because mm. it's like everyone's seen the movie, but that's true. Because then you talk about all the crazy shit they revealed in the mm. track, you know, the trivia of it and shit. But the problem being that stemmed because I was just like, if I had time, I would watch the movie and then the director's track oh, and have so much more yeah. to talk about in a podcast. But 
who's got time to watch to put four hours aside for one stupid movie you know and i feel like watching the director commentary would almost give you too much information like yeah. sometimes that's a case too where i'll write so many notes based on all this trivia i read about uh-huh. something like both neither of these did i read up much on yeah there's probably not a lot of lore behind them anyway though like um like a good fellas or something like that there's usually some you know like what if casting stuff that's interesting but these i don't know that that would really be i'm curious about the reception prince of darkness had in the 80s with the satanism craze and shit mm. is it mm. <laughs> do you have, have people you protesting and shit? No, i didn't look at it for that or guess do you think it's higher or lower than or you probably I'm just gonna, I'm gonna guess high. No, I haven't gotten to Rotten Tomatoes. I'm gonna guess yet. it's higher too than 42%. Yeah. But here it is 58 critics, 60 audience. I think Moonwalkers is by far the more watchable fun film. If Me I too. were to rewatch one, it would definitely be Moonwalkers. Yeah. I think a lot of this is like nostalgia and like some people just kind of dig this reverence you know, for Carpenter. Like the reverence for Carpenter. Yeah. Yeah. Strata Carpenter, it has to be good. Mm-hmm. It's whoever this dude is who made one movie. <laughs> I'd, I'd be curious to see what else this dude would make. The Moonwalkers. Totally. Kind of, 